0: Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Julian Forrest, Broadway Sports Media. Uh, you can check out our you know, basically new website at this point, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Uh, with the NFL season getting ready to start, we're going to have the best Titans coverage that there is out there for you. So check that out, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. I uh, have a discount code clowntown right now. That'll get you a 30% discount off of the monthly membership price. Promise you'll be worth the price. So check that out. Um, get on there. Home Run Throwback is the podcast. You can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. Just search that out. Um, We'll also have the Talking Titans for 10 podcast. that will be daily at this point Um, now that we're almost, well, I I guess we are in a week one. So uh, that'll all be on this Home Run Throwback feed. So subscribe to that. You'll get all of that stuff. Now, the main Home Run Throwback podcast for the season, we're going to do the weekly deal, and I'm going to be joined by John Glennon, I'm joined by him today. Very excited to have him on. John, how are you?
1: Doing well, Jimmy. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So if you you didn't already know, John is writing with us at Broadway Sports Media. So you can check all of his stuff out there. We're going to get to all the pressing Titans topics here in a minute. But as I've done with some of the other people that I've had on, I just kind of wanted to talk to John in the beginning a little bit about his journey through the uh, Nashville media landscape. And I know he's been around here for a long time. And uh, talking to him before we started recording, I learned something that I didn't know. So, John, if you would, just kind of walk us through how you got to Nashville and the different jobs you've
1: had in the
0: Nashville media since you've been here.
1: Sure. It'll make, uh, make me sound ancient, but hey, there's <laughs> nothing new here. Um, I actually started with this, uh, with the franchise, the Titans Oilers franchise, way back in 1997, uh, the year that this team actually played in Memphis. You know, it was part of their transition from Houston to Nashville. Uh, they played one year in Memphis as the stadium was getting ready. Um, did not go well. I, I was covering them for the commercial appeal in Memphis. Uh, the season, of course, did not go so well for the. Uh, for the team, they ended up moving a year earlier than they thought to Nashville, uh, and the commercial appeal said, ah, "We don't want to cover the uh, the Titans if they're if they're strictly going to be a Nashville team." Um, so that is when I actually started uh, hockey. Um, I was the original Predators beat writer at the Tennessean. Um, actually covered the Preds for I think 10, 11 seasons, and then um, had enough of. Uh, of doing all the mileage thing around North America and Canada and all that kind of good stuff. So I uh, moved over to the Titans, and I covered uh, the Titans probably five or six years alongside one of the greats, Jimmy Wyatt, who is now at the with um, Titans Online. And um, then uh, just a couple of years ago, um, hired by The Athletic, uh, was working uh, covering both the Titans and the Predators for them until – unfortunately a few months ago uh, part of a covid related layoff about 45 writers got laid off at the athletic and i was one of them uh so that was a, a bummer but very happy to be working here for uh, broadway sports media uh, a bunch of great guys here including uh, including you jimmy and i'm um, enjoying the uh, cooperation with, with everyone, and uh, I think we've got a great uh, great product here, so that's where I am.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I, I should have mentioned also from the top that you do Predator stuff with us as well. Of course, that was <laughs> kind of short-lived from the time that we started the site. The, the, the playoff run there didn't go very well, but, um, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. So, uh, yeah, we're really, really excited to have you on board. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun so far, and like I said, I'm, I'm really excited – about what we're going to be able to crank out now that the NFL season has actually started. Um, so, all right, so we're coming off of the weekend of Titans roster decisions. Titans cut down to 53 on Saturday. Obviously, you know, big news following that was the addition of Javon Clowney. We'll obviously get into that as well. But when we talk about the roster decisions, what was maybe the biggest surprise for you when that initial 53 was announced?
1: Yeah, you know, there there weren't... Uh, I didn't think any huge stunners. You know, it seems like uh, in the past few years, maybe we'd have one that really, really caught your eye. Um, Not anything huge this time around, but there were some surprises. Um, I thought one um, that immediately popped out was that the team cut DeAndre Walker. Uh, You know, the fifth-round draft pick from last year, he was injured all last year, but, you know, there was a lot of hype around DeAndre Walker simply because nobody had seen him Uh, play, and everybody's kind of looking forward to it. And then it was a position outside linebacker where they were kind of needy. Uh, So I thought he'd stick around, but they cut him and at the time only had four outside linebackers, which made everybody kind of scratch their head. A few hours later, everything changed, of course, uh, when Jadeveon Clowney signed. But that was one surprise. And maybe on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, keeping 10 offensive linemen on the roster. It was a surprise. You know, usually nine is the number. I I think in the past I've occasionally seen eight, and maybe it gets bolstered if a guy gets hurt during the year. Uh, But ten seemed like a lot. And then, uh, again, a few hours later, it made a little bit more sense uh, because actually uh, the first-round draft pick, Isaiah Wilson, was going on uh, the COVID list for a second time. So, effectively, uh, right now they're they're at nine offensive linemen. Uh, you know, and a couple names in there, Aaron Brewer uh, was a bit of a surprise and, and maybe a little bit Daniel Munyer as well. Uh, so those were probably two of the, the positions that, that uh, you know, made your eyebrows raise just a little bit. Well, let's talk about Isaiah Wilson
0: a little bit. Um, like you said, the second time on the COVID reserve list. I, I'm assuming you don't have any other insight into, I mean, whether or not he tested positive, he was around somebody that had it. I know they're not releasing that stuff. I mean, have you heard anything there? and what did you think about his performance in camp? I know there's a lot of mixed stuff that came out, especially off the field stuff. but what did you see from him on the field in practice? Yeah,, I mean,
1: just for starters, as you said, it needs to be made clear that a guy on the COVID list, uh, it's um, you know the NFL does not divulge the details of whether he actually had. COVID has COVID or, or whether he was just around uh, people who, who, were, who had COVID. So we don't know that for sure. But, yeah, unfortunately, certainly this is the second time on the list in a, in a you know, pretty short amount of time. Um, and, and I think, you know, the one phrase maybe just uh, for, for Isaiah Wilson right now is kind of a slow development. Um, and I think part of that, this entire rookie class, is a bit, uh, you know, behind the eight ball because of, uh, you know, what happened with the entire NFL, um, no off season, no, uh, you know, OTAs, no, uh, rookie camp, no mini camp. You know, these guys were learning strictly through zoom and, and, uh, you know, you can only do so much. So I think he was behind the eight ball there. And, and I'd say, you know, ups and downs would be a decent way to put it, uh, in, in training camp. Um, you know, he, he did not play as high in the rotation as frequently as I thought he would. Um, but again, you know, the, there's a learning curve here, I think, that's involved. And I think there's a conditioning curve here as well. He is a big, big man. And even though he played three years in the Georgia Heat, uh, there's certainly a difference between being in condition in college, being conditioned in the in the NFL as well. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a project and, and – and, uh, you know, maybe that's another reason this team has four uh, or excuse me, four tackles on the roster, including Isaiah, so that they can certainly afford to bring him uh, along slowly.
0: Okay, so then the, the biggest news, obviously, of the weekend was Jadavion Clowney. Um, you know, the thing that we've been following seem, seamlessly, uh, it, it felt like six years. I guess it was about six months um, from when free agency started till he finally signed. Um, you know, I, I guess today was the first time that, that Vrabel has talked to the media since, you know, he's officially been a part of the team. What did he have to say about
1: Clowney today? you <laughs> should ask that. Mike Vrabel today, I thought, did a, a tremendous job of throwing a wet blanket over all the excitement and all the hype uh, that uh, fans had been feeling about Judebi and Clowney, you know, and, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised. You know, Mike Vrabel is, is, A, a typical coach, and, B, a guy who played in the New England system for a long time. And, you know, you're certainly not going to highlight an individual guy, especially one who missed all of training camp, uh, too much. So, you know, though he was peppered with, uh, you know, Jedevian Clowney questions, and basically he was, he was begged to, to offer some praise we didn't hear a ton. It was more like, you know, we got 53 guys on the team and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to playing Denver and things like this. But, you know, clearly uh, there's going to be a, a lot that Zadevian County is going to bring to the table. You know, I think when I look at it, number one, uh, you know, is, is the pass rush to me was the biggest question mark from the end of last season un, until now. You know, I think in terms of percentage getting to the opposing quarterback, Titans were about 20th, 21st, somewhere around that last year. Uh, And I think Judevian Clowney is a big boost there. He is not necessarily going to be the guy that racks up, you know, 12, 15 sacks himself. Uh, You know, his numbers have been good, not great in that department. Um, But I think the attention that that he forces other teams to have uh, on him, because he is, in the the words of, uh, you know, Kevin Byard, a a game wrecker, uh, you know, that's going to open up opportunities um, for other guys, you know, whether that's Harold Landry or whether that's Vic Beasley, I, I think they will uh, benefit from the attention that's paid to Clowney, you know, and, and that that kind of brings you into the next point of uh, how much it helps this pass rush. I mean, we're going to be looking at a lot of times guys like Clowney, Landry, Beasley, Jeffrey Simmons going after the quarterback in pass rushing situations, and that's a pretty scary group, uh, you know, when you get all of them together, and, and I say, you know, up until a, a week or so ago, I really had questions about pass rush. Well, now we see Beasley back on the uh, on the 53. He's starting to, to get back to practice. Now we see Clowney on the roster. Things look a whole lot different on the on the pass rush front now than they did. Uh, and we can't ignore certainly what he's going to bring in the run game, because really that's probably his biggest strength. More so than uh, you know being a pure pass rusher, that's for sure. He's consistently been one of the best edge guys uh, against the run over the years, Um, and and I think that's big, too, because the Titans had a lot of those speed rushers, kind of the lighter guys on the edge, really needed a guy with some beef, some muscle to, uh, to set that edge, and I think he fits perfectly in that regard, too. I know there
0: was a little bit of, I guess, back and forth between Kaharski and retro today over a, you know, how much is Jadavian Clowney going to play question that was asked. But, I mean, I, I think it's a fair question from the standpoint of, I, I don't think we can expect him to go in there and play a, a full complement of snaps. Um, it, it does seem like expecting that of him would be a a little bit ridiculous because whatever he's been doing to work out, he's not going to be in football shape at this point. So do you expect to see some type of, you know, sub package type deal that he's a part of to to get him? I mean, obviously he's going to play, but do you you expect to see something like that? Or, I mean, could they just throw him in there and and have him play the same number of snaps he's going to play if he's healthy throughout the year?
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting question uh, also because you've got not only Clowney that is just coming in now and, and you know, obviously not in the best shape, uh, but, you know, you got Beasley, as we mentioned. He is just starting to practice, uh, and so he's not going to be a tip-top shape. And, and also at the position, Derek Roberson, you know, hurt his, hurt his knee last week. We don't expect him, uh, expected to keep him out too long, but we don't know exactly what that, that means, you know, whether he'll be – ready to go for the opener or not. So there's a lot of guys at that position who are probably going to be less than 100%. But as far as clowny goes, yeah, I, I, I would think it's a, it's a sub-package. I would guess somewhere, you know, if I had to uh, put a finger on it, maybe maybe 15, uh, 15 to 20 snaps uh, somewhere in that range, depending on how the, the flow of the game works. Um, you know, you're, you're also talking about Denver, too, where the air is thinner and it can be a little harder on, on guys to, to get their breath. Um, but I would think certainly a guy of his experience, a guy who does have background in this kind of a defensive system because he played for the label in, in Houston before, um, you know, that's going to help him also. So I think he'll, he'll certainly be on the field. Um, yeah, and as I said, my guess, 15 to, to 20, and that's enough to, to make an impact. Uh, you know, especially, in my, again, my guess is he's going to be going in there, uh, at least initially, in, in more pass-rushing situations. Uh, so certainly uh, uh, Drew lack we'll, we'll see him a time or two on, on Monday night.
0: Uh, And then just kind of more injury-type deals. Um, I know Christian Fulton and Darrington Evans both missed, uh, you know, a pretty significant chunk of time in training camp. We also know how much Mike Vrabel loves to give injury updates during – well, ever, but especially during training camp. But, I mean, as far as we know, do we expect those guys to be, you know, 100% ready to go when they open in Denver?
1: I think so. You know, I, I think the Titans were just kind of being very cautious, you know now we can see that in retrospect because those guys have come back and, and just a couple of days and they both looked good. they didn't uh, look certainly in the, in the open portion of practice anyway, it didn't look like they were um, you know suffering or, or limping along or, or anything like that. It was certainly you know worrisome for the uh, you know observers or fans for a while there because both of those guys, missed about a week and and yeah as you said the (laughs) variable is not exactly mr open book when it when it comes to injuries so we had no idea whether they'd be back in another day or another month or or whatever it was but i i think they'll be able to contribute the thing that is probably going to hurt them too though as as we mentioned with isaiah wilson you got to remember this rookie class uh, again no otas uh no rookie camp no no mini camp so a little bit behind the eight ball there, and then when you throw in a week's worth of being out of training camp, it's probably going to hold them back a, a little bit too. So, you know, maybe, like in, in Darrington Evans' case, maybe, you know, if he's not completely ready, you know, maybe use one of those spots. You know, you can bring two guys up this year from the practice squad for game days. So maybe that's a situation, uh, you know, or a uh, – uh, Who's the guy I'm thinking of here? Uh, McNichols uh, gets brought up, or you or use Sonoran Perry uh, a little bit more uh, as well. Um, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I think they'll both play, but again, it's just a, the amount of time. It seems like
0: maybe for as long as this team has been here, but especially for the last few years, early in training camp, it was always the the defense that was ahead of the offense. Uh, we were you know worried about if the offense was going to come on, Marcus Mariota. I mean, they, they were just all those seeming same questions every year. This year, you didn't hear as much of that stuff. Now, granted, like like we've all been saying, you know, different off season, different training camp, fans weren't there. All, all that stuff, uh, of course, is is factored in here. But from the the you know the practices that were completely open that that you can talk about, how did the offense look? I mean, did they look like? Because so much has been made of teams that have continuity coming back and how they're going to be ahead. Of teams that are breaking in a new quarterback or a new coordinator, or you know whatever it may be, whereas the Titans have pretty much everybody coming back. Did they look like a group that's going to be ready to, to hit the ground running week one in Denver and take advantage of that the fact that they do have so many guys coming back and playing in the same spots?
1: I think for the most part they did. Um, you know it was it's, uh, it was interesting to me. I kind of realized this uh, you know a couple weeks into camp, uh, or you know maybe a little bit further than that that. You know, the the first team offense, you know, was having, in my mind, so few problems that I was doing more concentrating on, uh, you know, kind of the battle for the backup quarterback spot after they after they signed Trevor Simeon than I was really looking that hard at the first team offense because I thought they had looked so smooth. Now, I'm not saying they were perfect. You know, Ryan Tannehill had maybe, you know, a day or two where where he threw a pick or two and, you know, things didn't look so good. But... I really did think that, yeah, this offense looked better than the defense, especially in the early going. Um, and, you, and you have to think uh, that, that kind of the role that they had last year is going to continue into this season because, as you mentioned, they're bringing everybody back. And I think uh, not only that, but last year you know we saw that chemistry between Ryan Tannehill and, and guys like A.J. Brown. And I think part of that went back to last year's training camp those guys were sort of more of a second team uh, early on, especially, uh, obviously, Ryan Tannehill was. But A.J. Brown, even when he started, was kind of a second team guy. And, and they had a lot of chemistry because they worked a lot together. This year, Ryan Tannehill has worked with, uh, with Corey Davis more. You know, he's worked with, uh, with John O. Smith more. worked with Adam Humphreys more. So I think that should benefit this passing game uh, even more than it did a year ago. And, uh, the guy we talked about before, Darrington Evans, is going to give the, uh, the Titans a better option, uh, you know, third down and, and coming out of the backfield than we saw with Dion Lewis. Just, it just never happened for, uh, for old Deion. Um, so I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a, uh, it's a better offense. You know, there are so few questions about the offense. Uh, to me, I, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, looking at the defensive side of the ball and, and, and the kicking game as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh. I'm confident this offense is going to
0: be a good one. So, like you said, they they brought in Trevor Simeon. Um, obviously, Logan Woodside held him off because Simeon was cut and then added back to the practice squad. How should we feel about Logan Woodside as the backup quarterback of this team?
1: Hmm. Well, I would say good, not necessarily <laughs> really great. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Um, you know, you, you can't help but be impressed by by Logan Woodside's story. You know, this guy has been battling, you know, his whole life. We even go back to high school. You know, he had to transfer schools to play, and, and college he had that he was redshirting and and sitting, you know, behind uh, other talented guys, even in the in the MAC. You know, and, and he was in a practice squad. I mean, it's a it's a great story for for him, for Logan Woodside's perseverance, um, and I certainly think you know we've seen him get better in his time here with the Titans from from just playing on the the practice squad Um, but you know this is not surprising there is a noticeable difference between Ryan Tannehill and Logan Woodside that's not a shock Um, but you just wonder obviously Logan Woodside has never taken a single snap in an NFL regular season game and so what's it going to look like you know when they're when they're you know facing Houston and uh, Ryan Tannehill has to go out maybe in the fourth quarter uh, of a a tie game, and and Logan Woodside is the guy you just don't know because he's never done it before. But there were some times where, you know, he throws a a good ball, he he got some passes into tight windows, and he impressed. There were other days where there were some interceptions and some some balls that were not uh, thrown as well. Um, But, you know, I I think there's certainly potential there. I think there's arm strength there. Um, But uh, as all all Titans fans are, I I, I think – You know, they'd be very happy to see Ryan Tannehill play play all games. as is the case with any starter, uh, you know, probably around the league.
0: Uh, You mentioned A.J. Brown before, obviously a guy that had a phenomenal rookie year and that we're all really excited about seeing him take that next step um, as he continues the, the chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. Corey Davis, a guy that was the fifth overall pick, that obviously, you know, has not lived up to that billing uh, there have been some extenuating circumstances and that kind of stuff. You you had Adam Humphreys last year uh, that missed a lot of time. I mean, it brought him in. He's obviously a solid guy, but missed a lot of time. Um, and then, you know, the fourth receiver spot was, was kind of one of the things that we were keeping an eye on as camp went along. How do you see it shaking out behind A.J. Brown? What should we expect from like a Corey Davis this year? Is Khalif Raymond the fourth receiver? I mean, there was a lot. He he got a lot of um, pub during camp uh, for you know adding to his repertoire. I mean, he was you know kind of the the you know the get over the top guy last year. What do you what do you think of this receiving core as a whole?
1: I like it. Um, You know, I I think uh, as I say, I I think we're going to see more from Corey Davis. A because I think there's probably a better connection with Ryan Tannehill now. B, you know, we didn't really know this last year, um, but Corey Davis was was working through a, a turf toe injury for really a good chunk of the year, and you know, there were certainly some, maybe some some thoughts or speculation or rumor that, that came up from time to time, but really the extent of it, um, we didn't know. I don't think until uh, Taylor the Wands podcast yeah. maybe broke that news during the during the off season. Uh, you know, he had surgery for uh, for turf toe. Um, and I think when he came back, uh, here in training camp, I thought he, he's looked, uh, very good. Uh, we know he's in a contract year. It always seems to add incentive to, to players as well. So I think we're going to have a good year for him. Uh, similar situation for, for Adam Humphreys actually. Um, because, you know, I think he was bothered certainly by injuries last year. And, and again, his numbers, I think actually went down a little bit when Mariota, uh, you know, was was pulled and Tannehill came in, and again, I think that just goes back to the connection that he had with Mariota. So I think he's going to improve there. Khalif Raymond um, is an interesting situation because we know he's the the deep guy. We know he's got the great speed. Uh, I, I do think he showed more, uh, as you referenced there. He was getting open in in mid range situations. He was getting separation from bigger guys at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, goal-line situations, he was catching touchdown passes in camp. Can that carry over into, into, into the games? You know, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But he looked uh, to be a much more polished, much better all-around receiver. Um, and then after that, it's a little bit of a mystery um, because certainly you want a guy who can fill the role of a of, of Tajay Sharp who had about 30 catches, and most of them seemed like they got first downs or were all you know, third-down successful plays last year. You know, the size, Cody Hollister, the number five guy, kind of has that, that length to him, but certainly hasn't proven himself on the NFL level yet. Um, so is Raymond, you know, maybe that guy that that uh, becomes kind of a, a third down target or a key target? He's certainly not a big guy, uh, you know, doesn't have the uh, the length that Atage that Sharp did. Uh, that's the only uh, kind of question mark for me is kind of who fills that role, and we'll see if it's Raymond, we'll see if it's Hollister. And, you know, they, they kept Cam Batson on the roster as well. And, uh, you know, he's an explosive guy. So uh, he's actually proven himself on the NFL level in 2018. So maybe he's a contributor as well.
0: All right. And last thing for you here, um, you know, the the kind of popular thing was, you know, to put Super Bowl right on Twitter when it was announced Saturday night that Klini was going to come here. Um, you know, you, you approach this from a media perspective more so than a lot of us that are a part of Broadway sports that are, you know, kind of towing that line between fan and media, um, you know, and, and whatever that looks like today. But as you sit back and objectively look at this team, we know that, you know, obviously season ended last year in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City. The biggest thing, I mean, for me, the biggest takeaway from that game was they just they didn't have enough pass rush to make Mahomes uncomfortable, and he was able in the second half to to sit back there and, and pick them apart. Has this team done enough to where if they find themselves in Kansas City in the AFC championships, AFC championship game again, have they done enough for that game to be different next year or this year?
1: Yeah, um, great, great question. I mean, that, yeah, that's sort of to me. You know, you, you looked at this Titans team, and, and you said so close last year, did they make themselves better than, than last year? And I don't think they had to. Offensively, they averaged 30 points a game, you know, for the, for the last 10 over the regular season, so I think they were pretty much there. Defensively, I, I think, you know, we all had question marks. When you uh, trade Jarell Casey from that team, you let Logan Ryan walk as well, and you know, certainly mixed reviews of Logan Ryan, but but very productive in a, in a lot of different areas for them. So, uh, yeah, to me, uh, I would agree that the big question was that pass rush. And, and as I say, in the past week, that's taken a turn in my eyes for the for the much better. Uh, it may take a while for us to see that. You know, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, you know, we're going to see a, a parade of sacks in the opener from, you know, uh, Clowney and, and Beasley and... you know, Harold Landry and so forth, because it'll take a a while for these new guys to be at the top of their game, for uh, Beasley and Clowney to be at the top of their games. But I think if they can get those guys healthy, they're probably going to go a long way into fixing what was the biggest hole uh, on the team last year. And if Jeffrey Simmons can kind of step into the role of, of Jarrell Casey and, you know, make as much impact as we think he can now that he's got a year. Uh, you know, a further year from that, that knee surgery, uh, you know, I, I think this team has to be considered among the, uh, the top ones in the, in the AFC. You know, they, they proved that in the playoffs last year when you go to, to Baltimore and you, and you knock off, uh, you know, the Ravens. You've done something pretty impressive there. When you go to New England and, and beat the Patriots there, that's, that's pretty impressive too. So I think there's, there's reason to, uh, to consider these guys uh, right there in the, in the mix.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun. I mean, this is the most excited I've been about a Titans team since, like, the early 2000s. So, um, you know, it it seems like the years that they've been good, it's kind of been more of a surprise than, than an expectation. It seems like more so when we expect them to be good, they have whatever issues pop up, and it doesn't kind of come to fruition, so... I'm really excited to see what, um, what what they can put together this year with with an offseason with, you know, a little turnover and that kind of stuff. So that, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Well, John, thanks yeah, well, so I much heard. for. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. No, I was just going to mention, I think, too, you know, it, it hasn't been every season that the Titans fans can can look ahead and say, hey, this team is not only going to be pretty good, but it's going to be pretty entertaining, too. You know, I think. You know, most people have watched the Titans for a while. Even and usually in their in their better years, it was kind of more like you know, get 20 points or, or 22 or 23, and and hope you know to hang on with a, with a good defense. And uh, you know, I I think this year, as we saw in the last 10 games last year, this could be an entertaining uh, offense. This could be a team that you know that scores a lot of points. So I think there's something. You know, obviously the bottom line is are you are you winning or not. But I think there's something to entertainment value, too. And, and I think this Titans team, even from the get-go, will be, will be something a little bit different than, than a lot of Titans teams in the past in terms of the, the entertainment value.
0: Yeah, and it sucks that we don't get fans in stadiums in this year, you know, because that's been the biggest <laughs> – like you said, even when they were good, they weren't really that fun to watch. Um, and right. so that's, that's kind of – I mean, not having you know so many bad years and then teams that weren't necessarily fun to watch even – um, I think all those things hurt attendance, and now that you've got a team that people are excited about and want to go see, we're not, we not—we can't see them at all right now, and hopefully that will change as we go. But, yeah, I know that's a great point. That there, there haven't been very many entertaining teams that have come through here. So um, just ex- right. excited to see how all that plays out. All right, um, so that will do it for today. Like I said, we're gonna, this is going to be a weekly deal for me and John. It will be released on Monday, typically Monday mornings, a little bit different schedule this week with Labor Day and all that kind of stuff. But typically you'll have this Monday mornings, um, next week, we'll be talking about kind of previewing the Denver game. And then going forward, it'll be mostly reaction shows uh, with games, most of the time being on Sunday. So uh, you can follow John on Twitter. I didn't mention this at the beginning. It's at Glenn Sports. Follow him there. Glennon. And you can what, – what did I say? It's
1: at Glenn and Sports. Yeah. Gotcha. There at Glenn and
0: Sports okay. on Twitter. Yeah, sorry. Um, at Glenn and Sports on Twitter. Follow him there. And like I said, you can find all of his stuff on BroadwaysportsMedia.com. Again, check that out, BroadwaysportsMedia.com, Clowntown. We got the promotion going on right now, 30% off of your monthly subscription. You can follow me on Twitter at JMorrisMCM. So for John Glennon, this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you again next week.
1: Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.